Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. I don't know about you, but the last couple of Sundays, I have been so, I have left here so excited and so confident in God and so uh I don't know. I, don't, I guess the Bible talks about us igniting one another and encouraging one another. I, I don't know about you. How many of you have left here encouraged and excited and just, you know, it's almost like the word is so good. I was uh, teasing uh, Sean uh, last Sunday. I said, you couldn't sit down, could you? He said, I tried, but I couldn't. I kept, I just, I tried to sit down, but I just couldn't sit down. I just had to stand up and hear the word. And you know it's good when people start talking about, I just had to stand and hear the word. Praise God. So I've, I've been just really excited again and very encouraged. Um, and the Bible talks about faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I must say that the word that we've heard uh, during our vision month has been so very enlightening and encouraging and hopefully it's been strengthening you and hopefully it's been anchoring your soul and your mind so that you can trust God and believe God for anything. So I want to continue in that vein because when I start hearing about uh, promises, 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 instead of uh, vision, 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 I start thinking about all the promises of God are yes and amen. And uh, talk, thinking about how we don't have to qualify for those. So we're going to look at some scriptures. And I don't know. I didn't know what to call the messages. I, was, I wanted to call it promises, promises, promises. Yay. <laughs> but anyway, let's go to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 4, because we're going to look at Abraham because he is the, um, we call him our father of faith. So let's just look at Abraham because, again, it was through the promise of Abraham that we are where we are uh, in life today. So Romans chapter 4, and we're going to start at verse uh, 13. Let us look at this uh, in the Amplified uh, Bible, if you would. Romans chapter 4 and verse 13. And it reads, for the promise to Abraham of his posterity that he should inherit the world did not come through observing the commands of the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is, if it is the inheritance of the law who are to be heirs, then faith is made futile and empty of all meaning, and the promise of God is made void is annulled and has no power. So he's talking about this promise that God made to Abraham. And this promise was because Abraham believed something, not because Abraham did something. And of course, we know that that's true concerning grace. But again, this all first started with Abraham and the promise that God made to him. And when I was thinking about this, a lot of times we look at it and we say, oh man, Abraham got his promise because Isaac was born. Well, you know, Isaac was just a seed of the promise. The promise was that he'd be the father of many nations. So Abraham, when he received, when he received Isaac, that was something he saw that showed that the promise, uh, that was uh, a token of the promise to come. But Abraham moved out on faith on the promise that God had made him. And here in the book of Romans, Paul is trying to explain uh, to the Romans that 
it was not because of something that Abraham did, but or him observing the law, because understand this, there was no law when God was talking to Abraham. He hadn't even made up the Ten Commandments. None of that was true. So obviously Abraham received a promise, and God gave him a promise not based upon his behavior. Amen? So that's really, really important that we understand that the promises of God are not connected to our behavior, but connected to what we believe. And it goes on to say that, for the law results in divine wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgressions of it either. Therefore, inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith and depends entirely on faith in order that it might be given as an act of grace, unmerited favor, to make it stable and valid and guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the devotees and adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, who is thus the father of us all. So again, Paul is reiterating the fact that the promise came because of faith, because of what Abraham believed. God did for Abraham what he did because Abraham believed what God said. It had nothing again to do with his uh, behavior. And he says that uh, it's because he did it this way. So everybody would have an opportunity because think about it. Even when the law was given, no one could keep it. So therefore, he says, you know, I'm going to make it so everybody has an opportunity to participate in the promises that I have for them. Um, again, it was uh, God who loved Abraham, who gave him a promise, uh, and Abraham received that promise because it was nothing he had to do to, to get it. And what I want to uh, emphasize to you, because it talks about Abraham was made righteous because of his faith, that he had right standing with God because he believed God. So we have right standing with God because we believe something. We believe in what Jesus Christ did, so therefore we have right standing with God. And once you have right standing with God, then God says you are uh, able to inherit any promise that I have. So then the, the promises that we get from God come based upon the fact that we actually trust God. It comes, let me put it another way. All the promises are yes and amen to those people who have right standing with God. If you have a good standing with God, then all the promises are actually yours. And you can have them without having to earn those promises. So because Jesus did what he did, and we believe what Jesus said, that makes us all have right standing with God. So all of us can have the promises. There is no other qualification. Every promise that God has given, just because you're born again, you have a right to it. Glory to God. That's good news. I'm telling you, that is good news. Hmm. Praise God. Let's, let's move on. He says in verse 17, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existing things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. So God is talking to Abraham. He says, Abraham is going to make you a father of many nations. And Abraham said, he's talking about stuff that don't even exist, but he's talking to me as if it already exists. So when God gives us a promise, he's saying, you need to look at this as it already exists. 
Not something that's coming because that's not how I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you about something I already see concerning your life. And all the thing I want you to do is because you have right standing with me, because you write with me, you qualify for what I see concerning your life. Glory to God. To me, that is good news. I'm like, man, I get to have all the promises because I'm righteous. They're all mine. I'm righteous. That's why I'm entitled to them. I'm not entitled to them because I go to church, because I pray for hours on end. I'm entitled just because I'm right with God. And I didn't even have to make myself right with God. Jesus did it for me. And I accept what Jesus did. I believe what Jesus did. So now I have a right to every promise. That means that if you get sick, the promise of God is by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. That's a promise. That's your promise. That promise is good and God's going to make good on it. Why? Because you write with him. Not because you do right. Because, but because you are right with him. He's satisfied with you. Look at somebody say, God is satisfied with me. Therefore, I can expect to receive and experience all the promises of God. Amen. Amen. You can stand in the front of sickness, lack, and say, I deserve to be healed. I deserve to prosper. I deserve to get promotion and increase. I deserve the inheritance that God has brought for me. Why do I deserve it? Because I'm righteous. Sometimes we don't want to say that. No, I deserve it because I'm righteous. Look at somebody and say, I am righteous. Therefore, I deserve, I deserve to be blessed. To be blessed. Not I didn't earn it. I deserve it. Glory to God. You tell, you tell your body, you tell your finances, you tell the devil, you tell people, I deserve to be blessed. I deserve to be healed. I deserve to have peace. You stand in front of the enemy when he's trying to cause you to walk in fear. Say, oh, no, I deserve peace. Why? Because I am right with God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, man. I was, I guess, so. oh, man, I'm telling you. Talking about anchoring your soul, stabilizing your mind, not dealing with your behavior. Ooh, God is so good. So in verse 18, it says, for Abraham, human reason for Hope being gone, hope in faith that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been promised, so numberless shall your descendants be. So it says Abraham just got rid of all human. I mean, it just wasn't no human hope. I mean, there's some situations, you look at me like, this just ain't no human hope for this. I mean, I done tried everything, looked at everything, heard everybody. And it said Abraham, just he just, he just said, you know what? I'm not even going to deal with that. I mean, he, he, he did for a moment, you know, he was like, you know, I'm getting a little old. Maybe I can go into Hannah. We can take care of this. But then when he realized that that's not how it was going to come, he says, you know what? I got to get rid of looking at human abilities. And, you know, there are days when you need to get rid of looking at human, what, what's humanly possible. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. Because God's not asking us to look at what's humanly possible. He may use a human to do it, but he ain't asking us to look at what's humanly possible. You know, we're trying to figure out what's the right connection, who should I get with, and God's like that. I, no, uh-uh. He said, Abraham, he got rid of looking at the natural. He started looking at, you promised me, God. You promised me, God. You promised me, God. Then it says in verse 19, he did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead because he was about 100 years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's dead womb, he looked at it and said, I have a promise. And God keeps his promises. So, Sarah, you're going to have a baby. We are going to get pregnant. <laughs> Why? Because of a promise that God made me. Glory to God. Because of a promise that God has made me because I have right standing with him because it said he counted his trust in him as righteousness. You have right because you're right with me. That's why you get everything. Because you're right with me. That's what God is saying. Because you're right with me, you get everything. Hallelujah. It says in verse 20, no unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubtingly questioned concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. He said he, Abraham just started to praise God because when he, when he realized that God was going to do this for him based on a promise, he started to rejoice. And when, when we started talking about promise, 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 my mind just, I mean, just lit up because I thought about all the promises of God. And I thought, you know what? I have a right to every last one of them. I have a right to all of them. Glory to God. And then began to praise God because I have a right to them. They belong to me. God says I can have them. I don't have to doubt God because God keeps his promise. It says in 21, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word. Listen, God was able and mighty to keep his word. Able and mighty to keep his word. Sometimes we... We, we, we major on God is he's able to heal me. He's able to, no, it's keep his word. That's what we need to be focusing on. God is able to keep his promises. Yeah. The promises are many, but God is able to keep his promises. And you can start putting labels on them if you wish. But God is able and will keep his promise. If it's a promise in the word of God, he says it's going to show up in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. He says that Abraham started giving praise to God. It says in verse 21, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was credited to him as righteousness, right standing with God. It says, but the words uh, it was credited to him were written not for his sake alone. Thank God. But they were written for our sakes too. Righteousness standing acceptable to God will be granted and credited to us also who believe in, trust in, adhere to, and rely on God who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was betrayed and put to death because of our misdeeds and was raised to secure our justification. 
our acquittal, making our account balance and absolving us from all guilt before God. God said, you're not guilty. When you're not guilty, I'll give you anything. When you're not guilty, you can have everything. If you're not guilty. And you know what? When you receive Jesus, you became, the verdict is not guilty. Not guilty. See, the only way, the wages of sin is death. When God got rid of the sin issue, Glory to God. Then all the things that attach itself to sin, we no longer are guilty of. Satan can't drag us into court and accuse us. I mean, he will, let me put it this way. He will accuse you. You just got to know that you're not guilty. You just got to know, I'm not guilty. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And he goes on to say in, in chapter 5, Verse 1, it says, therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, and declared righteous, and given a right standing with God through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. So he said we need to recognize that we have peace with God. And because we have peace with God, God has, we've been reconciled to him. It goes on to say in verse 2, through him also we have our access, our interest introduction by faith into this grace. We've been ushered into this grace. We've been brought into this state of grace. When we got born again, he said we were brought into this area of grace. We brought into this state of grace. You now are standing in the middle of grace. Hallelujah. Through him also we have our access, interest into introduction by faith into this grace, state of God's favor in which we firmly stand, firmly and safely stand. And let us rejoice and exalt in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the glory of God. Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. He said, be happy now. <laughs> be full of joy now. Let us exalt and triumph in our troubles. Oh, we don't particularly like that word. He said, let us triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patience and unswerving endurance. Unswerving endurance. Let's, let's look over for a moment over to Romans chapter 8 and verse 25. Romans chapter 8 and verse 25. And let's look at this in the Amplified. He's talking about the promises of God. And he's talking about us, to, us rejoicing in hope, hope being a confident expectation of good, that we should be rejoicing in this hope because that's what, that, remember Abraham hoped against hope. He had a confident expectation from God that God was going to carry out his promises. And in verse 25 of Romans chapter 8 in the Amplified, it says, but if we hope for what is seen, still unseen by us, we wait for it with patience and composure. He said, we're not supposed to be freaking out, getting all crazy when we know God has given us a promise. And he said, you need to rest in the promise. Yeah. You need to take a rest yeah. in the promise. We're not supposed to be freaking out like, oh, it didn't happen today. It didn't happen today. He says, no, no, no. He said, the how, we, how we believers handle this is we do it with faith and 
composure. He said, you're supposed to be composed. You're not supposed to be acting crazy. You're not supposed to be running around just, you know, as if you have no hope. He said, we wait for it with patience and composure. He says, because this hope will not make us ashamed if we keep reading. Let's go back to Romans chapter 5. We wait for it with patience and composure. He says in verse 4, well, let's go back up to verse 3. He says, moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exalt and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patience and unswerving endurance. And endurance fortitude develops maturity of character, approved faith, tried integrity, and character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Such hope never disappoints. He says this kind of hope will never disappoint. You'll never be ashamed. This kind of hope derives its certainty from the consciousness of knowing that I'm right with God and God loves me. He says we need to be conscious of the fact that I love God, God loves me. Be conscious of the fact that we have right standing with him. He said we need to make sure that we keep that in the forefront of our thinking no matter what is going on in our lives, that God loves me that I'm right with God, and if I'm tight with God and God is with me, then I don't have to concern myself concerning a promise because he's going to keep his promises to me. We can look at this, um, Romans chapter 5. Let's look at this in the, um, oh, I'm going to look at it in the Passion Translation. Romans chapter 5, and I'll start with verse 1. It says, our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy true, lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. But that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have joyful confidence knowing that our pressure will develop, us, develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character. And, prove character, and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. He said we can experience this love. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 13. And I want to read this out of the uh, easy reading version. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 13. It says, God made a promise to Abraham, and there's no one greater than God. So he made the promise with an oath in his own name, an oath that he would do what he promised. He said, I will surely bless you. I will give you many descendants. Abraham waited patiently for this to happen, and later he received what God promised. 
People always use the name of someone greater than themselves to make a promise with an oath. The oath proves that what they say is true, and there is no more arguing about it. God wanted to prove that his promise was true. He wanted to prove this to those who would get what he promised. He wanted them to understand clearly that his purposes never change. So God said something would happen. So, excuse me. So God said something would happen, and he proved what he said by adding an oath. These two things cannot change. God cannot lie when he says something, and he cannot lie when he makes an oath. So these two things are a great help to us who have come to God for safety. They encourage us to hold on to the hope that is ours. This hope is like an anchor for us. It is strong and sure, keeps us safe. It goes beyond the curtain. Jesus has already entered there and opened the way for us. He has become the high priest forever, just like Melchizedek. He said, God made a promise, and he says, I'm going to do something to guarantee you that I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to swear by myself. If I'm lying, I'll die. If I'm lying, I'll cease to be God. He said, but I'm going to make you a promise, and I'm going to make you an oath. That's why when you go, when you go into court of law, you're not supposed to lie, but you put your hands on the Bible. I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. God said, I promise that I'm telling you the truth about the promises and you're standing with me, so help you me. Because I don't have anyone higher that'll call me into, into tone but myself. So I'll convict myself if I'm lying to you. I'll cease to exist if I'm lying to you. Every promise is yours. When I make you a promise, it's good to go. You just got to believe that it's yours. See, it's through faith. He said, you just got to believe that it's yours. Why do I believe it's mine? I believe it's mine because God said the qualifying point is that I be righteous. Am I righteous? I am righteous because of Jesus Christ. I qualify. So therefore, God will make the promise good because I qualify. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so with faith and patience, with composure, Hallelujah. I stand against anything that comes against my promise. And I said to that thing that God promised me. He promised me. You got to die. You, he promised me. You're going to go away. He promised me that he would take care of me. He promised me that he'd give me security. He promised me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's why sometimes you wake up in the midnight hour. God put a scripture on your mind. He's going to anchor your soul again. That's why when your prayer time, God give you scripture. The Holy Ghost reminds you of what God said. Why? He wants to anchor your soul so that you will know I'm qualified for this. Those are not random scriptures. Those are not random songs that you sing that come to your mind. God says anchor your mind. Get it in line with your spirit. Hallelujah. And declare of me. That's what he told Job. Stop whining, Job. Stop whining. Stop whining. Now declare of me. He started to tell Job who he was. He said, I created the heavens and the earth. He said, I created the mountain. Tell me, Job, did any man have anything to do with my creation? No, Job, they didn't. So stop whining and start declaring who you are. Start declaring what I said about you. Start declaring who I am. I am, I am. Declare of me, Job, and see me go to action for you. 
Hallelujah. Stop sitting around acting like you helpless concerning stuff. You are not helpless. God is your help. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He is your safety. He is your security. He is your provider. Abraham Abraham said, when it looked as darkest, I hoped against hope. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to again look at this in the Passion Translation. I'm telling you, I I get so excited. I'm like, whew. I'm just like, I'm, everybody... All of us are human. We have those moments. But God put in a safeguard, even those moments. It's called the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost won't let you forget who you are. The Holy Ghost won't let you forget whose you are. The Holy Ghost won't let you forget the promises of God. Hallelujah. And he says that we face these things with faith and composure. I'm not telling you that some days it may not be a battle in your mind. Hallelujah. Let's look at um, verse, did I tell you verse 39, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39. And this is uh, at the end of uh, where it begins at faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. And then they go through the, uh, I guess you call it the faith row people who had faith and believed and trusted God, believed and trusted God, believed and trusted God. And then he gets down to verse 39. It says, these were the true heroes commended for their faith, yet they lived in hope without receiving the fullness of what was promised. They lived in hope. Abraham saw Isaac, but you know what? Abraham didn't get to see us. But he lived in hope. He believed God that we would exist. He believed God that we would come along. He believed God that he would be the father of many nations. Listen to this. Back then, having children as people and having your, your, your legacy to go on was important to them. That was important to Abraham. That's why he said, God, you know what? I don't have a child. I don't have anyone to pass anything on to. All I have, I mean, I mean, he slighted him, you know, it's like, is this Eliezer guy? But he's not my blood. He's not my descendant. He's not really from me. And then knowing that being in him, God said, I'll make you the father. Not only will I give you a child, Abraham, but I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And it says that Abraham kept that hope, that confident expectation of good. When he saw Isaac, he still kept the hope, even when God said take your son up and sacrifice him. He still had the promise. He was still holding on to the promise of God. You know, I don't know how, I don't know if Abraham knew. I mean, I read scriptures, I believe, where they said that he, you know, he believed that he could raise, you know, him from the dead. But he, he, I don't even know if Abraham was focusing on that other than the promise. You promised me, God. You promised me that I would be the father of many nations. Glory to God. You promised me. You waited till I was old age where where it had to be you. So you know that it really was a promise. It really was because of my right standing with you. Not because of something I humanly could do, but because I have right standing with you. 
because you love me, God, because you promised me, God. See, because if he'd had anything to do with it, it wouldn't have seemed like it was a promise. It was something that, you know, you know, you promised me that, but God, you know what? I had some part in it. You know, we was of age and we could have children. You know what I'm talking about, God? But see, he made it so that you know that this came by promise, Abraham. It wasn't nothing you could do. It was purely my promise that came to pass. And that's how God wants us to see things. It's by his promise that we can do things. Don't give credit to anybody else. You get a promotion on your job, it's God. You get an increase, it's God. Hallelujah. You have peace, it's God. You have joy, it's God. Hallelujah. You, you be healed, it's God. I don't care. It is God. It's, his, it's what he promised you. Look at somebody and say, he promised. Hallelujah. It says, these were the true heroes commended for their faith, yet they lived in hope. They lived in hope. They lived in a confident expectation that God was going to carry out his word without receiving the fullness of what was promised. But now God has invited us to live in something better than what they had. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. He said he's invited us to live in faithfulness. See, they knew of the promise. Abraham knew of the promise. Uh, who was it, um, Simon and Anna? These were, these, this, this was a prophetess and a prophet who wanted to live to see Jesus Christ born. They were of old age, but they knew about the promise, and they wanted to live, and God allowed them to live to see the promise of Jesus Christ who, who, would, who would make it so that all men were eligible to receive the promises of God. They lived in hope. They lived in expectancy that this was going to happen, that the Messiah was going to come. They lived. They anticipated. They expected. They lived their lives based upon that promise that God was going to do what he said. And it says, but now God has invited us to live in something better than what they had. David said, blessed is the generation who will have their sins uh, uh, forgiven them. Blessed. So listen, we are a blessed group of people. We're most blessed because we live in the dispensation of grace. Our sins have been forgiven us. We're not having to go out with sheeps and lambs and goats and, 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 and oh God, hopefully I didn't sin so bad that I'm going to be swallowed up or I'm going to be punished for it. We live in the greatest era ever. They talked about how, how the prophets longed to see and wonder what group of people would have their sins forgiven so that they would be in the good graces of God without even having to do anything, without having to, 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 to try to keep the laws, without having to, to have animal sacrifices, without having to go to a certain place to worship, without having to, to go to a certain man so I can hear from God, not having to go to the great high priest. Hopefully he's done everything he should do and won't die while he's trying to do something with the sin. He said, what group of people will be able to live under the fullness of grace? Glory to God. That's us. 
That's us. So we should take full advantage of where we are. Take full advantage of the promises of God. He said in the book of Corinthians, they are yes and they are amen. Excuse me. Yes. And we say amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He says, but now God has invited us to live in something better than what they had. Faith's fullness. This is so that they could be brought in to finish, excuse me, this is so that they could be brought to finish perfection alongside of us. He said he wanted us all to be together in this. I'm going to read this also out of Hebrews um, chapter 11. I want to read it out of the, uh, I think it's King James translation because I like the way it says it. It says here. Again, you might want to refresh your mind on all the things that they went through, not having received the promise. They went through a lot of things. It, it talks about uh, Abraham. It talks about them going through the Red Sea. It talked about them being prompted by faith. It talked to them being, being moved by faith to do this, being urged on by faith to do that, you know, just trusting God, just trusting God. You know, uh, I, we're going to trust God to go here. We'll trust God to go there. We'll trust God in what he's doing. And then, of course, the wonderful illustration that Brian gave on uh, uh, Sunday concerning uh, um, Joshua, just trusting God. Just trusting God. God told him, you know, Moses is dead. It's time for you to go on and, and take the people into the promised land because guess what? I promised it. Amen. And I'm keeping my word. I promised them that I would do that. So you go on and you take them in. And even when there was a defeat, God still came back and said, the promise still stands. Amen. The promise still stands. God, I messed up. The promise still stands. God, I didn't eat right. The promise still stands. God, I didn't exercise like I should have. The promise still stands. God, I got hooked up with someone I shouldn't have gotten hooked up with, and I let them go, but the promise still stands. Are you all following me? God, I messed up the money. Man, I done messed it up so many times. God said, my promise still stands. Hallelujah. My promise still stands. Glory to God. I love that song. Great is thy faithfulness. But he goes on to say, let me read this. Uh, oh, let's go to verse, uh, verse 38. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 38. In the Amplified, it says, Men of whom the world was not worthy, roaming over the desolate places and the mountains and living in caves and caverns and holes of the earth. And all of these, though they won, Divine approval by means of their faith did not receive the fullness of the fulfillment of what was promised because God had us in mind and had something better and greater in view for us so that they, these heroes and heroines of faith, should not come to perfection apart from us before we could join them, before we could join them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is a good time for us, people. I'm telling you, this is a good time for us because, I mean, they couldn't even, they couldn't even read the promises of God. We could, they had to hear. People had to, it was word of mouth. It was word of mouth that you would hear concerning the promises of God. But then God, I mean, it was written down. We can read it. 
You, I mean, you could just go and just read the promises of God. You could, you could look at God's promises not to ever leave you nor forsake you. You may feel that way at the time because of what's going on with you, but God is assuring you, I have not left you. I have not left you. I have not left you. If anything, I'm carrying you now. How is it you think you're standing? How do you, how is it that you think that, that I mean, even though you feel like you, you, you know, you might be feeling like you're going to lose your mind, but you, you, you're, you're coherent enough. Hallelujah. You're coherent enough to get to church. You're so, you're coherent enough to talk to a brother, a sister about it so they can encourage. You're coherent. He said, how is it you think you're that strong to do that? How do you think that you're going through this? You don't understand that you're going through it because you're in it. But. Every day you're making, uh, putting one foot in front of the other. It may be painful, but you're putting one foot in front of the How do you think you're able to take that step? You're taking that step because I'm there with you. Don't think I'm not there with you because it's a challenge. Glory to God. He said, gather yourself. Gather yourself. Hallelujah. And understand that my promises stand. They stand, not because of what you've done, but because of what you believe. Glory to God. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.